encounter God and our hearts are filled again, you know. So before we do the call to worship, right, just yesterday I was doing my quiet time and I came across um, a song. It's called Pescado de Hombres. All right, in English it's, it's called Lord, You Have Come to the Seashore. All right, I want to invite us as we prepare ourselves to the call, with the call to worship, to worship and encounter God. Allow me to just share with you the English translation of the song. See, it says, Lord, you have come to the seashore, neither searching for the rich or the wise, desiring only that I follow. O Lord, your eyes set upon me, gently smiling, you have spoken my name. All I longed for, I found by the water. At your side, I will seek other shores. Lord, see my goods, my possessions, in my boat, you find no power, no wealth. Will you accept then my nets and labour? Lord, take my hands and direct them. Help me spend myself in seeking the loss, returning love for the love you gave me. Lord, as I drift on the waters, be the resting place for my restless, soul, heart, restless heart. My life companion, my friend, and refuge. So, as we reflect and uh, reflect on the love that we receive from God, reflect on the work that we and the journey that we had with the Lord, be whether we are beginning in our faith or we have been in a faith, you know, since young and for a long journey. Let us remember that um, you know the kindness and the love that we have encountered on this journey. So, may I invite all of us to stand, willing and able to prepare ourselves for this journey to meet the Lord by responding to the call to worship. Come, walk in green pastures. We follow the shepherd. Come, lie down in green pastures. We trust the shepherd. Come, dine at the table of abundance. We are, we are fed, fed by, by the, the shepherd. shepherd. Come, dwell in God's house. We live in the shepherd's care. A loving shepherd, you know our names, you care for us. When we face darkness and death, walk beside us. When we hunger for your love, fill us with your presence. When we are fearful, feed us at your table. May we, May we dwell, dwell in the house of goodness and mercy all the days of our lives. Amen. Last join with one heart and voice, on-site and online, with the worship team, for a time of worship. Your are always present. You're always. 
has grown cold, there your love will unfold. As you open my eyes to the work of your hand, when I'm blind to my way, there your spirit will pray. As you open my eyes to the work of your hand, as you open my eyes to the world of your hand, oceans will part, nations come at the whisper of your call. Hope will rise, glory show. As you open my eyes to the words of your hand And my heart will find praise I'll delight in your way As you open my eyes to the word of your hand Jesus, open my eyes to the word of your hand Oceans will Oh, 
morning, church. Please be seated. We're gathered here for a time of prayer, and today's prayer is based on Psalm 71. And we gather here to worship God with ears ready to listen, with hearts and minds open to receive. God knows us, God guides us, and God raises us up. And God is with us now. Let us pray. In you, O Lord, we put our trust. Let us never be put to shame. In righteousness, we ask that you deliver us. Incline your ear to us and save us. O Lord, be our strong refuge, to which we may resort continually. You have given the commandment to save us. Rescue us from where we are, for you are our rock and our fortress. Deliver us, O God, out of the hand of the wicked, for you are our hope. We have learned, leaned on you from our birth and our praise shall be continually of you. Let our mouths be filled with your praise and with your glory all day. Do not cast us off or forsake us when our strength fails. We ask humbly, O Lord, that you always be close to us and we continue to hope and will praise you yet more and more. We shall tell of your righteousness and go in the strength of the Lord. Today and for always, let us declare your wondrous works. We declare your strength to this generation and your power to everyone who is to come. Your righteousness, O God, is very high. You who have done great things, O God. Who is like you? You, O Lord, shall revive us again and bring us up again from the depths of the earth. You shall increase our greatness and comfort us on every side. And for all this, send us out, loving God, our hope and our trust, that we will not shame but recognize the dignity of all your children, that we would incline our ear and listen for your call, that our actions may be just and compassionate. May our lives be lived in continuous praise to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Good morning, church. For those who don't know me, my name is Gary, and I want to first start with a big welcome home to everyone. Whether you're joining us here for the first time or you've been here many times. Also a big shout out, especially if you're joining us online right now or if you're watching this sometime later. We're so grateful that you have all made this time to worship with us and receive the ministry of the Word together. And I want to let you know that the same Spirit of God that's here with us here, right here and right now, is there with you as well. Last week, we started a brand new sermon series called For Such a Time as This. And last week, we looked at the life of Hagar, and we learned how our voice matters, especially for such a time as this. If you have been in Singapore, it's very difficult to avoid the intense conversations about the possible repeal of Section 377A and all of the misinformation that's been going around about the LGBTQ community. Today, we're going to look at not only how your voice matters, but also how your call matters and also how you respond to it matters. And so one way we can all contribute to, the, to today's sermon and to learn from one another is through menti.com. So if you've got your browser handy, I encourage you to go to fcc.la/menti or scan the QR code on the screen and you'll be able to join today's Mentimeter session and contribute your thoughts anonymously to today's sermon. So let me begin our time together with a question. Do you know what the call of God is on your life, especially for the season? And while you're reflecting on this question, specifically for yourself, and one that we'll get back to, most Christians agree that our call is generally linked to fulfilling God's mission. So we need to take a step back and ask ourselves, what is God's mission? How do we understand this? And we need to be able to link the two together because how we understand God's mission is how we're going to understand our call. And I'm going to give us a few moments to share your perspective because our understanding of this is critical in helping us to understand our calling individually and how it's connected to the mission of God. So you can see uh, some of the things that you have shared. Spread the gospel, love one another, the great commandment. And many of the things that you put up there, showing love, mercy, grace, caring for your neighbor, ministering to others, bringing the good news, salvation. All of this is about being followers of the way of Jesus Christ in restoring shalom. Restoring shalom. And what shalom is, is taking what is broken and messy and void and restoring beauty, order, goodness, wholeness, the way things were intended to be. 
having right relationships with ourselves, with God, with one another, and with all of creation as represented in the cross in the diagram. You know, many of us have come to FCC because we all seek something. We all want the assurance of God's love for us, acceptance and friendship, a safe space to worship and to learn, victory over the things that affect us, healing, reconciliation. When Jesus was ministering on the earth, there was always a crowd that would gather that would seek the same thing. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And they even get a glimpse of who God is and who they are in God. But the ones who truly experience growth and transformation in their own lives and in the lives of others were this group of disciples who committed to follow the way of Jesus and committed to doing it in community with one another. Each of us are called individually, and each of us have been given a unique assignment. God has given you a unique set of gifts, talents, abilities, experiences, and relationships. And when a community of Christ followers responds to the call of God, God's mission progresses, and the kingdom of God breaks in into that little part of the world. When a community of Christ followers responds to the call of God, we are the church. And so Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 20 says this, that the church is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which He speaks and acts and by which He feels everything with His presence. So look what Paul is saying here. The church is not a club. The church is not a building. The church is to which you and I are called to is the body of Christ by which God speaks and God acts. So we don't figure out what the call of God is on our lives and step out in faith and respond to it. God's will will not be done. God's presence does not fill the world because it is through us, the body of Christ, that God speaks. And that's why your voice is important as we heard last week and acts. We are the hands and the feet of Christ. Amen? Today, I want to share with you some thoughts from the life of Moses. And this story has so impacted my life in helping me understand and respond to the call of God on my life. And my prayer is that it's going to help you too this morning. So if you're ready, we're going to turn to Exodus chapter 2, and we're going to pick up the story from verse 23. Verse 23 writes, During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and were concerned about them. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of God appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? When Moses saw that he had gone over to look, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, 
God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? I'm sure all of you, or many of you, have heard this story before, or have at least watched it in The Prince of Egypt. So I'm going to quickly summarize it up for you so that you understand the context. And here this passage of Scripture says that during that period, the Israelites had been enslaved by the Egyptians and Moses was in exile. He is a fugitive. He has run away from Egypt because Pharaoh was after his life after he took the life of an Egyptian to defend one of the Hebrew slaves who was being beaten up. The king of the Israelites had died and the people of Israel were crying out to God because they had lost hope and were in bondage. And God hears their cry and is concerned and wants to do something about the situation. And Moses was going to be God's answer in that situation. But first, God needed to get Moses' attention. So here we see Moses hiding out in the desert, working for his father-in-law Jethro, tending to sheep. And all of a sudden, out of the middle of the desert, the Bible says the bush just suddenly goes poof. It catches fire and it starts to burn. God was desperately trying to get Moses' attention. You know, I grew up thinking that there are these characters like Moses in the Bible. They're like the big superheroes of the Bible. These guys were also spiritual and always connected with God and we can never be like them or relate to them. That's not me. That's In my mind, like Moses is up here and I'm like way down there. I mean, he parted the Red Sea, right? Called plagues on Egypt, performed miracles that displayed God's power, led a whole nation across the wilderness. I could never be like him. I could never do what he has done. I could never be the man of faith that Moses was. But I hope that by the end of today's sermon, I want you to see a bit of a different picture of Moses because I'm convinced that if, Moses, if God can use a person like Moses, He really could use anybody. Really? Why do you say that? You see, when the bush lit, lit up, we think in our minds that because he's this great, faith-filled Bible superhero, he must have looked at that bush and said something like, Behold, a bush is on fire. Verily, verily, I shall go meet with God at this bush. But you know, that's not Moses' reaction at all. Moses is thinking, what is going on here? 
And so he's a bit curious, and he goes over to investigate the bush. And when he gets closer to the bush, he notices something. The bush is burning, but it was not burning up. The leaves weren't crinkling. There were no twigs falling to the ground. There was no ash flying about in the embers. The bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. And so God waits till Moses has gone over to the bush. Not when Moses is far away, but had to go over to have a closer look. And a voice speaks to Moses from inside the bush and calls his name. Moses, Moses. You see, God had to create an extraordinary situation just to get Moses' attention. He had to make a bush spontaneously combust. And he had to be on fire and not burning up. And then from inside the bush, a voice had to be calling out his name. And you know what? Moses didn't even know it was, it was God's voice calling him. How do we know that? It says here in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 5, Do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing on is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And at this, at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. God had to tell Moses, this is holy ground that you're standing on. And then reveal himself to Moses, not one time, not two times, not three times, four times before Moses finally realized that he was having an encounter with God himself. That it was God who was trying to get his attention. And when he finally realized who he was talking to, then suddenly Moses goes and hides his face. Paisea. And so the first thing that I want to tell you this morning is that when God is trying to get your attention, pay attention. When God is trying to get your attention, pay attention. Has God been trying to desperately get your attention? Maybe some of us are like Moses. There are times when events and things happen that you know in your heart that maybe God is trying to use this situation to get your attention or tell you something. But you start rationalizing it. You start explaining it away. You start ignoring it. Or maybe your focus has been on a lot of the busy work of life. School, work, relationships, tending sheep, doing church and ministry. That you have ignored all the situations and people in your life that God is using to get your attention. And in the case of Moses, God needed to get his attention to help him renew the call on his life and to respond to that call. You know, as we read earlier, the Israelites were captured by the Egyptians. They were in bondage. They were being mistreated. These Israelites were groaning in their slavery and they had cried out to God for help. And Moses was to be God's answer. And just like Moses, you are God's answer. You are God's answer to a world that's in need. And if you were to pay attention and understand the thing that God wants you to do and respond in faith. And so when God finally gets Moses' attention, he says to Moses, I have seen the misery of my people. I have heard their cries of oppression and I have come down to rescue them. I can imagine this scene playing out. Moses is jumping up and down now. He's waited so long for this to happen. He's wanted this to happen 40 years already. 
Moses was so upset at the oppression of the Egyptians. His people who had stolen valleys from malnutrition. His people who have been beaten and abused daily. His people who are being whipped by taskmasters till they die where they work. And now, here is God speaking through the burning bush and God says, I've seen their oppression, I've seen their misery, and I have come down to rescue them. This was the best news that Moses could have ever had. He was so passionate about it, he wanted to do something about it, and he killed the Egyptian, which landed him in exile in the edge of this desert in the first place. God says, I have come down. I am now here with you, Moses. And I can see Moses saying, finally, God, you're here 40 years, but never mind, you're here. Yes, God, deal with the injustice. This is your big moment. And in verse 10, God says to Moses, so now you go. I know what Moses was thinking. What is this you go business? Wait a minute. You said, you have seen the oppression and the pain of my generation. You've seen this misery of my friends and changed as slaves and beaten by taskmasters for 40 years. And God, you said you have come down to rescue them. So what's this now? So now you go business. I thought you are going to do it. The thing I want you to get from this is that Moses going is God coming down. You see, we sometimes keep waiting on God. We sometimes keep thinking God is going to do something about the injustice in our nation, the needs of marginalized people, the broken relationships in the lives around us, the crises going on around us, and we keep praying, oh God, oh God, do something. But I finally come to the realization that the answer to that dilemma, that need, that situation, that problem, is me and you. You are God's answer. You going is God coming down. And out of all creation, out of all of God's wisdom and God's power and God's strength, God chooses you. You to be the hands of God, to be the feet of God, to be the voice of God. The answer to the dilemma in your family is you. The answer to those bound by suffering and shame is you. The answer to building an effective church that reaches out to communities is you. God's answer is you. You are God's answer and when you go, God comes down and if you don't do anything about those that God has lit up a fire in your heart about, God doesn't do anything about those areas. Maybe you have got a passion for people living with HIV in our community or those who live on the margins of society and have slipped through the cracks of our social welfare system or those who have become so broken and ashamed because of who people say that they are or those who are living in terrible living conditions due to oppression, injustice or inequality. And you are asking, when God, when God, when are you going to hear the cry and deliver these people? Well, God wants you to know today that you going is God coming down. You know, one time I saw a cartoon with two turtles in it. And one turtle says to the other, sometimes I like to ask why God allows poverty, famine, and justice when God can do something about it. 
And the other turtle turns to the first turtle and replies with a sigh and says, well, sometimes I'm afraid God might ask me the same question. Philosophy professor John Kreef once said in an interview with Lee Strobel, those who have Jesus' heart towards hurting people need to live out their faith by alleviating suffering where they can, by making a difference, by making a difference, by embodying God's love in practical ways. You know, I have no doubt <clears throat> that if tomorrow all of the people in all of the churches around the world caught what it means to be the church, to really be the church, and were moved by all the different hurt and need and suffering in our world, pray that God will hear our prayer and got this passion in our hearts for the need around us and went forward to respond to the call of God. Can I tell you that the picture of the church as the bride of Christ and the promise of a new heaven and a new earth in Revelation 21 will be ushered in in the here and now today, where God says, look, God's dwelling place is now among God's people and God will dwell with them. They will be His people and God Himself will be them and be their God. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things have passed away. And yet when we look around, it is not yet happening around us today. And it isn't because God isn't calling His church. It isn't because God isn't calling us. I think because of what we do when God calls us. Do you know what I do sometimes? Sometimes I run away. And God tells Moses here to take his shoes off because he was standing on holy ground. But you know what? More than just taking his, his shoes off because he was standing on holy ground, I think God wanted to, uh, Moses to get his running gear off. This is clearly an area that Moses is passionate about. That's why he took matters into his own hands in the first place. But while his passions aligned with God's passion, he was running away from the very thing that he was called to. He remembers his past failures to address the situation and the bad outcome that has him running for his life. He didn't just fail to rescue the Hebrew slave. He saw himself as a failure. And out of that place of shame and failure, when God says to Moses, so now you go, just like us, Moses does the exact same thing. And to show you this, he immediately offers four excuses why he can't do it. What are these four excuses? Well, first, excuse number one. Let's look at Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Who am I? In other words, Moses is saying here, I am nobody. What do you th makes you think I can do it? There's nothing special about me. I am a failure. Excuse number one. Who am I? Have you used that excuse with God? I am nobody. I'm a failure. When God prompts you to minister and take care of others, God, I'm a nobody when there's an opportunity to engage others about being gay and Christian or Section 377A, God, I don't have enough knowledge, God. I never went to Bible school. When God calls you to let your life speak, God, I can't even let, live my own life well, let alone this Christian life, and I'm always struggling. Listen up, everyone. 
God's answer to Moses is the same answer that God gives to us today when we give God this excuse. It may surprise you, but God's answer is simply, I know. I know. God says, I know you. I know your strengths and I know your weaknesses, Moses. I know your victories and I know your failures. I know exactly who you are. You see, God doesn't give Moses a spiritual pep talk or start scolding and counselling Moses. God's reply is simply, I know. I can't do what you're asking me to do, God. I am not ready. Do you not remember that time I failed you? I failed myself and I failed others. I can't do what you're calling me to do. And God's response is simply the same. I know. But God doesn't stop there. Look what God says in response to the next verse. In verse 12, God says, Go, and I will be with you. Go, and I will be with you. Don't look around at the size of the need or the challenge and let that intimidate you. There will always be people that you will see who you think are more qualified. You will see people who you think are more gifted. You will see people who you think are more ready. And if you look at that, you keep saying to God, Who am I, God? And God's answer to you is going to be, Go, I will be with you. You and God are a team that cannot be beaten. It may sound overused and cliched, but if God is really for you, who can be against you? God is not looking for extraordinary people, church. God is looking for ordinary people who would trust in an extraordinary God. In a few weeks' time, we're going to be celebrating FCC's 19th anniversary. 19 years since our first Easter service. During that time, 19 years ago, I had just come out of my previous church. And I've been asked to step down from ministry from playing the keyboard in the worship team because I had just come out to them. And I felt God was calling me to ministry in FCC to lead worship at that time and to build up the worship team. And my response was the same as Moses. Who am I? Oh my gosh, I have never led worship, God. I have only great four classical piano. No training as music director, no clue how to manage a worship team. Who am I? And God's response to me then was the same as it was to Moses. I know. I know. Go, and I will be with you. Well, you know, that did it for me, but not Moses. He goes, excuse number two. Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. Moses says to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell, what shall I tell them? Excuse number two, in summary, is I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. And God booms back. I will tell you what to say. And we find that from chapter 3, verse 14, all the way to the end of chapter 3, God gives Moses a script of what he would say to Pharaoh when he stands before him. So back to my story, you know, I was happily doing my thing 19 years ago, leading worship. And about a year after FCC started, I felt 
God calling me to be involved in building the church and preaching the gospel. And my immediate response was like Moses. And I told God, I don't know what to say, God. Are you kidding me? I've never been to Bible school. I don't have a master's in divinity. I don't like public speaking. You put me in front of, a, of people. I'm introverted, okay? And I am dying. I'm scared to death. I'm shy. I'm introverted. How am I ever going to get people to listen to me, God? And I remember God saying to me, into my heart, and this was at Hillsong Conference 2004, it was just like yesterday, and God said into my heart and said these words, I will tell you what to say. I know I'm not Joyce Meyer. I'm not Stephen Furtick. I'm not Joseph Prince. I'm not Myak Siu. Or whoever you consider are the great preachers. That's not who God created me to be. But I know that if I go... God will give me the right words for the right situation, for the right time, and for the right community that God has called me to. So whether you are in ministry today or thinking of serving in church, don't ever, ever, church, let intimidation stop you from fulfilling the call of God. If God promised me that each time I opened up my mouth, God would speak through me, that would do it for me. And it did. But guess what? Not Moses. He throws up excuse number three. This guy is really pathetic. Can't you see that? Chapter 4, verse 1, he goes, Moses answered, what if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Excuse number three. What if they don't believe me? What if they call me a liar? And God looks at Moses and says these words. It is not your job, Moses. It is not your job to make them believe. You have no idea what a liberating revelation this was for me. It is not my job to convince anybody. It's not my job to convince people of God's grace. That's God's job. It's not my job to make God look good. It's my job to simply present it. My job is to simply present God's love, God's mercy, God's grace. You see, if it's up to us to convince people of God's love, mercy, and grace, we are putting ourselves before God. That's not ministry. That's manipulation. And more critically, we also learn that the success of ministry is not how many people raise their hands at an altar call, or how many ministries are launched, or the number of people that have filled in a form because they are of the response of how they've been helped. Our success is how faithful we have been in what we, have, we are called to. How faithful we are in laying down our lives. Who we are, what we have, who we can reach, do with what we are called to in response to the call of God. I see some of you are looking at the scripture passages and going like, where's all of these words they just mentioned? I don't see that. And you're right, God doesn't say these exact words to Moses. But God does it in demonstration. And I want to show you what happens in the next few verses. God asks Moses, what is in your hand, Moses? This? Yes, Moses, this is my sheep stick. I'm a shepherd and this is my tool. This represents who I am, my identity. 
not only is it my identity, I use it for my work. It represents the way I make a living and represents my wealth in the number of sheep that I manage. It is not just my identity, it's also my income. And when these sheep get out of line, I use this to hook them and prod them to get them back in line. It's not just my identity and my income, it also repre represents my influence. My identity, my income, and my influence. Then God says to Moses, throw it down. I know it doesn't write in the Bible what he was thinking when God says throw it down, but probably was thinking, why? It's just going to get sandy and then if it breaks, I won't be able to use it anymore. Moses, throw it down. And the scripture says that when Moses cast the staff to the ground, it came alive. It became a snake. And Moses thought, I didn't know there was a snake in my staff. But let's leave that for another sermon on how to get snakes out of your staff. Oh, yeah, you're very... <laughs> I am working very hard here, people. <laughs> All right, okay. How many of you love being around live snakes? <laughs> Thank you. Unless you work in a zoo and are responsible for taking care of them, probably not, right? I can assure you that Moses certainly didn't go, verily, verily. Behold, a snake. What was once dead is now alive. And like many of us, he probably screamed, in fright. And in Exodus 4, chapter 4, verse 3, the scripture recorded that he ran as far away and as fast as he could from that snake. And then God calls out to Moses. And what does God do? He calls Moses to pick up the snake. <laughs> and pick up the snake by its tail, it says in the scripture. I don't know about you, but I've watched enough Discovery Channel, huh? to know that the worst possible way of picking up a snake is by its tail. You want to pick up a snake, whether dangerous or not, you grab its neck. Why? Otherwise, it's going to bite you, right? And if you were Moses and God calls you to pick up that hissing, slithering serpent by its tail, it would take a huge step of faith in order to do that. But herein lies the principle. Sometimes we say to God, you show, and I will go. But here, God was saying to Moses, no, 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 Moses. You go. You do the thing, and I will show. Moses had to take a step of faith, and he reached out to pick up that snake, knowing full well by the tail that he could have been bitten if God didn't intervene. But God did, and the snake turned back into his staff. Another way to look at it is that Moses' staff came alive because he was willing to lay it down. He was willing to lay down his identity, his income, his influence, and it became alive. And when Moses picked it up, it just became an ordinary stick again. And if you read on in the Old Testament, from this point onwards, this staff was never again called Moses' staff. It was called the rod of God the rod of God, because God had given God's identity and influence in exchange for Moses's. 
every single miracle that Moses does here on in the rest of his life is now done with the rod of God. Whether it is turning the Nile River to blood, getting water to come out of a rock, or parting the Red Sea. So what's in your hand, church? Lay it down. What if they don't believe me? It's not your job to convince them. What if I don't know what to say? I will tell you what to say. Who am I? I know I will go with you. You know, if it were me after the bush, after the voice of God, after getting the script of what to say, after having access to the miracle power of God, that would have totally done it for me. I am ready. I would have gone. But not Moses. He throws up another excuse. As <sighs> if I was God, I'm very torn already by this time already. And then Moses throws up this one. Excuse number three. Four. Forgotten the number we are at already. Moses says to God, Oh God, I have never been eloquent, never in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Things number four, right? Moses says to God, I'm not capable. I'm slow of speech. Many Bible scholars believe that Moses had a stutter. And many, like many of us, Moses told God, I don't have the ability. I'm not talented enough. I've got this deficiency. I've got a handicap. I can't do it because I am not capable. And at this point, indeed, God seems to get a little frustrated with Moses and replies in verse 11, who gave man his mouth? Basically, God saying to Moses, who made you? And God gives the same response to us when we tell God, God, I don't have the training, I don't have the energy, I'm too old, I don't have enough time or money to do that, I don't have the ability, I don't have the aptitude to do what you're calling me to do. And God looks at us very clearly and God says, who made you? Who made you? Ryan, this story reminded me of a powerful evangelist in the US who preaches more, to more than 100,000 people annually. His name is David Ring. He's been around since the 80s. He tours the US and still continues to work today, doing rallies and has shared the love of Christ with many, many people. But there's one thing that's very, very unusual about David Ring that got him stuck in my mind for a long time. He has very severe cerebral palsy and he can barely speak. You see, when David was born, he was the 10th and last child of his family. Due to birth complications, his brain was deprived of oxygen for 18 minutes, causing permanent brain damage. And then he lost both his parents to cancer at the age of 14 and was tossed around from one foster home to another. But instead of being victimized, he emerged victorious when he began his relationship with Jesus Christ, who taught him who he is, taught him self-respect and acceptance of his own physical challenges. To many people, physical challenges of this magnitude would prove to be a tombstone. For David Ring, his coming of age was and remains a stepping stone and his milestone. 
if David were here this morning, you would have to listen to every syllable to be able to understand what he was trying to say. And in every message he started, he started it this way. My name is David Ring. I have cerebral palsy. What's your problem? Here's a short clip from one of his sermons. Let's check it out. I have cerebral palsy. What's your problem? What's your problem? Why are you crying the balloons? Why are you down in the dumps? Why are you down in the mountain? Why are you crying the balloons? What are you doing for Jesus today? God gave you a healthy body. What are you doing with it for the kingdom of God? People look at me, don't whine, but shine. You'd say, preacher, you don't understand. You don't understand. Maybe I don't. Well, I know one thing, I know one thing all my life, I've been discouraged. But let me tell you, God can make lemonade out of anybody's lemon. God can make lemonade out of anybody's lemons. You can take the story of Moses and replace it with the name of David Ring, and it would be the same. You can take the story of Moses and replace it with your name, and it will be the same. Let me ask you a question as we close our time together this morning. What do you sense God is calling you to for such a time as this? What do you sense God is calling you to for such a time as this? Some of you know that God has been pursuing you, trying to get your attention for a long time, and you have been ignoring that call or saying no to God. You know, after the entire episode with God, it says in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 13 that Moses told God, God, send someone else. And at that point, the Bible said, God got angry. Maybe you have been saying to God, send someone else. Let someone else do it. Let someone else take it. Let someone else step up when God has called you to do it. Make no mistake about it. You have a call of God on your life. You are God's answer. You going is God coming down. God wants to use you today. God doesn't want to use you because you haven't made any mistakes. God wants to use you today as you are. With your strengths, your weaknesses, your victories, your failures, your inadequacies your failed attempts in the past are your stepping stones. They are not your tombstones. And you certainly are not a failure and you have never been a failure in God's eyes. Today, I may not know who this sermon is for and I may not know what God's call is for you in this season, what God wants you to do. But God does and for many of you, 
so do you, as you can see there on the screens. To come out, to listen and trust in Him, to be brave, to bear witness to God's gifts through vocation, to continue serving in spite of major life challenges, to help facilitate as I, I can, to be a beacon for drug abusers, to go home, to rise, to stand up, to be obedient, to turn away from past mistakes and move forward towards a new direction, to stand for my beliefs. Many of you have a burning bush inside of you. The Holy Spirit has lit up a ministry inside of you, has lit up a calling, has lit up a situation that you know you feel passionate about and that only you need to respond to. You have got a burning bush about that situation, a burning bush about that relationship, a burning bush about a person that God is calling you to, about a ministry. And my word to you this morning, church, is no more excuses. No more excuses. It's time to take our shoes off, to stop running, and to start paying attention. The body of Christ has multiple parts, each doing different things. And if one part fails, the other the, the church doesn't work well. When one part decides that it's not going to do what it is designed to do, the entire system does not function well. Everyone's call is important. Everyone's call is holy. Doing one thing is not better or more than important than another thing. And today I hope you can see that if God can use a really whiny, wimpy person like Moses, God will use you. No ifs, no buts, and no more excuses. I want to invite you all to all stand up on your feet right now as we close our time together. I'm going to teach us a song which I was reminded of preparing this sermon, a song that I've learned more than 20 years ago. But I pray that it will remind you of the spiritual milestones that God has taken you through and what God is calling you to today for such a time as this. So I'm going to go over to the keyboard and we're going to go through this song once and then I'm going to invite you to sing it with me. And if you already know that song, would you please lift your voices and your hearts in response to today's sermon? This song is called uh, Making a Difference. Won't you, Lord, take a look at our hands? Everything we have, use it for your plan. Won't you, Lord, take a look at our hearts? 
chorus from there. All right, are you ready? Shall we use this song to respond to God together? Make yourself a vessel that God can use. Can I invite us all to just respond to this um, prayer together with one heart and with one voice? Ready? Dear, Dear God, God today, today I humble myself. myself. No, no more excuses. excuses. I've, I've been giving you excuses. excuses. I've been, I've been telling, telling you all my limitations and why I can't do what you're calling me to in my life and through my life. Today, I stop making excuses and I take my shoes off. I will stop running from you and start pursuing your purpose and your passion and your plan for my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God, I offer this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus that today the dreams and visions that are on the inside of us will be realized. That no more excuses, God, that today we will hear your word and hear your spirit and we will obey you. God, thank you for every person standing here. And God, I pray that you'll put boldness, determination, faith, wisdom and anointing in their lives as they say, here I am, Lord, 
use me. I will go where you want me to go. I will do what you want me to do. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people say, Amen. 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 Thank you, church. Please be seated. Now is the time for Holy Communion with our Lord. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not all physically together. The table of God's fist transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. And so this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria you do not have to be a member of FCC, you do not have to be baptized, and you only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. Good Shepherd, we take your care for granted. In the midst of your many blessings, we complain of not having enough. In the presence of danger, we fail to trust your abiding love. When you set a table before us, we turn aside from you. Call us back into your fold and help us. Trust your caring presence and provision that our actions may proclaim your truth. Surely, Surely goodness, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. God forgives our failures and calls us back into the flock. Loving God, our Good Shepherd, we are the sheep of your pasture. You know us by name. We offer grateful Food thanks for your, your loving care. Open our hearts and minds to the guiding of your Spirit in our lives. Lead us in right paths that we may serve you in truth and action. Amen. God prepares the table for us, offering us a feast of abundant love. Our cups overflow with the bounty of grace, for our Shepherd knows us as no one else can. Restoring our souls, healing our brokenness, nourishing us with bread and cup for the life of ministry. We remember how Jesus, our shepherd, took bread and after giving thanks, broke it and gave it to the disciples saying, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now I shall invite the... Uh, Servers to come forward and help distribute the elements. Thank you. Uh, for those of you who are at home, this is a good time to prepare the elements as well. And for those who are new and joining us for the first time today, uh, please hold on to the elements. We will partake together.
Come to the table and feast with the shepherd. Let us partake of these communion elements together with thanksgiving. For those who are able and willing, uh, please rise as we say the prayer together. Together. God, God of, of love, love, you abide with us. us. Your loving your presence fills us. You provide us with all that we need in abundance. abundance. Help us love one another in truth and action. Help us give of ourselves to those in need. Help us care for others the way our shepherd cares for us. May our lives reflect our wholehearted trust in our shepherd's everlasting love and care. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning, sleep. Uh, once again, siblings. Friends uh, to the church, those who are joining us online all right, this morning, my name is Jimmy, I'm your service leader for today. And welcome home, welcome to Free Community Church, our Sunday service, where free stands for, everybody shout together, first realize everyone's equal, not, not equal, everybody know I'm a joker actually. All right. So today, in such a time as this, especially for today, I hope you can give me a big shout out on our, you know, our what's free stand for again, right? Right? So that even the microphone get feedback. <laughs> okay. So can I do it once again, right? It, because it's all give me some encouragement as an introvert. <laughs> Alright, one, two, three. First, realize everyone's equal. Yes. Uh, that's the spirit that we have. Give yourself a round of applause, please. Alright. For we'll encourage one another. Because like always. Uh, I know mean, feedback, not complain. Uh, our congregation very docile. Right? So, this morning, right, really powerful um, message from Gary. I really appreciate that, especially the last part where we have the song to the altar call. It brings me back so many years. On um, It moved me to tears. When I was young and first came to faith, uh, when my heart was set ablaze. So, we come to a segment, right? In the part, next part of the segment is very important because I'm going to do it slightly differently for all of us also. Right? All got tricks in the back. Uh, back in the tricks, you see? Okay, so for the next part, right, before we go to uh, offering, uh, I'd like to welcome everyone who is uh, new to our family. Alright? We want to get to know you better. So if you are new or fairly new with us and have not joined any of our first uh, new our monthly newcomers meeting, I'd like to invite you to scan the QR code or go to fcc.la/welcome. All right, the newcomers meeting is on the 28th of August. All right, after the service, if you are interested or you have more questions, please go to our one-stop service center, which is info at you know the the drill info at freecomchurch.org. All right. So, next part, 
we continue, we always say we continue to worship God and encounter God through our giving, right? Our offering. I, I don't want everybody to make this an exercise. You all know the drill, most of you, you know, based on statistics and uh, analytics, right? I know that those joining us online, those joining us on site, many of you are familiar and know what, how to operationalize this. But giving is a spiritual practice. God do not need anything from us. But it is an innate need as a wholesome, healthy person to give. That's what life is, not just to receive. But the need to give help us become alive. The very powerful message earlier given by Gary, if it has helped you, please, those who are online or even on site, go to our YouTube channel, like it, and I'll share it with friends who are in need. Because I've been, I benefited from it immensely. The burning bush is a prefiguration of God showing Moses what it means when God's Spirit dwells in each of us. And at the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit of God came into the room, in the upper room, and set each of the disciples, the apostles ablaze, Right, they became the living burning bush. Now, some of us have been serving in the church for some time, some for a long time since the very beginning. Some of you are just starting to serve. Very often, can I show a hand? How many of you are feeling burnt out? Don't be shy. Right, somehow you burn out, burn out. Some of you are ablaze. Some of you have not like even felt like wow, what this fire is about. What is this fire about? I've never been set ablaze. I have had friends who are Christians for like 15, 20 years of their life have shared with me one thing like, huh, God's voice. I've never heard God's voice. And that, that saddens me immensely of the kind of friendship and union we can have with God when we partner with God and, and, and that gives us joy. But sometimes right, we run on empty tank, right? Wow, we try to serve, 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 serve. Right? Wow, we want to keep ourselves, we, we, we hype ourselves up uh. Right, but we are not burning on, on, on God's fire, we're burning our own fire. Sometimes even no, the tank empty anymore, no more fuel. We try to get liquid fuel and just burn, <laughs> burn ourselves as a bush. <laughs> then burn out. So I like, as you are giving, don't worry about the giving. If you're holding a phone, I like to you to just put it aside. All right. You can give, you know the drill. But I like to invite everyone to just, as we are giving, Alright, close your eyes. Now, if you are a bush, the living plant in the middle of the desert, in a mysterious cave, imagine yourself as a plant. What do you notice about yourself as a plant? You know, are you like theming, theming with lustrous leaves, widespread branches reaching out to the sky? Or do you notice like you're so tired, thought I've been serving, my, my leaves are withering. You know, my branches are weak. My whole form is crooked. Or are you drying up? Or having rotten roots or, you know, like infested with, with pestilence or as a plant? And my prayer for us, each of us today is that God, the God of the living water, comes into your life sustain you and give you life so that you are flourishing and thriving. And I pray that, and each of us pray that, I invite you to pray together with me, let 
God, send your fire, your Holy Spirit, to dwell in us. Set us ablaze, set us aflame, that we may bring your glory and bear witness to your mercy and your wonders to this world. And as each of us are imagining that, now lift up your hands if you are able, willing and able without poking the person next beside you, of course. All right, lift up your hands, stretch it in front. All right, and ask yourself today, what is my, my stuff? What is my security? What am I relying on? What is my crutch? My, my safeguard? That I'm, not, I'm relying on instead of God. That I'm holding on to and not willing to put down. I'd like you to imagine you placing that in your palm, lifting up in front and up in front of you, and offering it to God. It may be not just monetary, it may be the security of a, a good career and say that, you know, God, I have no time for you, for ministry, for my friends, to bear witness. Um, to the wonders and blessings you have given me in my life. Or maybe your time, your personal space. I say, like, God, you know what? I have no energy. I have no, no, no time. You know, I, this inconvenience and this irritance, you know, I don't want it. I, don't want to, I just want to spend time myself. Or it may be the case whereby, Lord, I'm not spending enough time with you. You're giving God, giving God excuses you know, to know, him, know God deeper. So I like to lift you, you to place this on our hand, lift it up, you know, as a spiritual exercise to offer it to God. And together join me in the prayer of thanksgiving. God, we lift this up, these offerings, all we have, our security, our stuff, our crutch, into your hands. Lord, make them come alive so that they become the rod of God. A life-giving rod that restores the whole of creation, restores the world to shalom. And we thank you for inviting us, for drawing us in to be partners in this whole mission, this whole project of restoration of shalom. We thank you for our friend, our companion, our refuge. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright, so may I invite the stewards come forward to um, collect, to receive the offering. So if you are dropping like physical, uh, you're giving physically, right, by dropping a check or cash or, or, or your envelope, right, raise your hands and our uh, stewards will come to you. Announcement segment, all right, very importantly, first announcement. All right, allow me to make a simple announcement, uh, not so good announcement in Mandarin, all right, for the next few minutes. All right, 各位主内的兄弟姐妹,还有我们的在线上或者是在教会内刚参与我们的礼拜的朋友们,我们接下来在九月份会有一个中文团契会主办,在那个 礼拜天的主日崇拜之后呢,会有课程,在主要的内容是主导文,打开祝福的天窗。所以如果你要, 
呃，在你的祷告生活、你的灵里的生活，再更深入、再跟神多接触神、跟神契合的话，或者不了解，就像我们祷告的内容，应该如何好好去祷告，那来参与我们呃两有两次的那个呃主日崇拜之后的那个课程，第一个是九月份的四号，还有二十五号一点到下午三点半。所以叫破解祷告密码，进入与神同在的诀窍。如果你有什么疑问，请 send 那个，请把你的电邮、你的问题到 info at freecomchurch dot org。啊 ，very rusty really。说，哇 ，hopefully people understand online。All right. So friends, if you have interest to understand, wow, how do I actually know? I today I I blaze. I want to witness. Maybe my friends or my family don't know English lah. My the England is Singaporean English. Say England not powerful, alright. So like to learn. Eh, I like to learn. They are like speak in their language, speak in the lingo. How do I speak and witness in 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 Mandarin? Alright, maybe I want to pray in Mandarin. God is preparing you for something ahead of you, so giving you a vision to prepare you on witnessing. Maybe to communities that speak in Mandarin, come and join the Chinese ministry. On the fourth and twenty-nine, oh sorry, fourth and the twenty-eighth of September, one thirty to three thirty p.m. to learn more in depth about、uh, the Lord's Prayer. So send your info or、uh, or your sign up to infoafricomchurch.org. Thank you. Next, right, we are all called. To, we are all called to different ministries, or God gives us different vision and talents. So sometimes maybe God is like. Giving you this like burning desire, or even like this interest, to, like hey, you know what? I want to be part of this,、um, the mission of what God is calling FCC to, like bring the videos, the Sunday service to wider audience beyond this church. We are building the church beyond these walls. So if you want to participate in this mission, to join us for the production ministry. Specifically, we are looking for visual presenters. All right, visual presenters are people who are actually are operating the slides. Right, so that we can actually follow through,、uh, be guided throughout the service,、uh, whether on site or online. So, don't be worried or you know like about like I have some technical skills. Right, come for the tour, sign up for the tour, and our training will be provided too. Right, if you are de- you decide 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 to be part of the ministry, so don't worry. Just go to info at freecomchurch.org. Last but never the least of the announcement is after church events. All right, building stronger communities together. Wow, I wanted to ask people to shout out whether they can guess Kim Jang Day. Yay! Okay, so how many of you actually enjoy kimchi, eating kim kimchi? All right. So I was looking there. I was thinking about like setting my heart ablaze. Eh, eh kimchi? Ah,、uh? what, what, what? Why? I, I, I'm not interested in eating kimchi. So why would I want to、uh, participate or be part of it? You know. So, like I mentioned earlier, we are blessed with different gifts. Some of I'm really grateful that in our church we have a lot of gifted individuals who are very good at cooking. All right, because they don't just comfort our our soul, comfort our bellies. All right, so come and learn, come and also be a blessing to others. If you are interested, say, "Hey, I can cook. I like to cook. I want to learn how to make kimchi." All right, so maybe it can be a conversation starter and help you to reconnect with you know family and loved ones. Right. Through giving or sharing of food, come and learn, all right, how to make kimchi, so that maybe you can start making a batches of them, start giving out during Christmas period. Like, come, come, come to church. Ha, I got pack some kimchi for you, all right. 
So join us today, all right, at 1 p.m. If you have not registered, very kindly, Daryl and um, Daniel, they have informed me that we, are, we, we have all the sign-ups, but don't worry, if you are interested, you want to join, I want to observe, come, don't have to uh, register, all right? Because they, I think they have prepared quite a lot of batches. Lah. Even if there's not enough, at least you can come and learn the process and procedures, all right, and the tips and tricks on how to make delicious kimchi. So we look forward to seeing you at 1 p.m. for Kim Jang Day. All right, lunch kaki. So after this, of course, before we go and make food for other people, we might feed ourselves. Lah. <laughs> all right, if not, like, oh, very weak, cannot squeeze the cabbage. All right, <laughs> so. Lunch kaki. So, if you have friends, look around you. If you have friends who are new or fairly new with us, alright, you're joining us for the first time today, and you're like, eh, I'm hungry, I want to try Kim Jang Day, but I don't know where to go and eat first. Alright, you can look for our lunch kaki. Today's lunch kaki, lunch kaki on duty will be Chua. So, can, like, just look at a look behind, and thank you, Chua, for being our lunch kaki, for bringing our new uh, friends uh, to lunch. So, thank you very much. And uh, just look for Chua at the back of the church uh, after the service. Now it's time for the August babies. So may I invite Miak to come and give uh, the prayers, uh, pray for our August babies, and then our benediction. Jamie sang today, right? But Jeffrey is here. So Jeffrey will come and we will pray for you. Um, and all those, and pray for all those babies uh, who are born um, in August. Um, this is from our membership list. So for some of you who are not members, uh, who are regulars here, uh, we are praying for you too. You might be a bit embarrassed to come up, um, uh, but we are, we hold you in our hearts. Also, um, this month is uh, the birthday of our nation as well, and we want to pray for um, this place that we belong to. So will you pray with me? God, we give thanks. We give thanks for all these beautiful lives that you have blessed us with. These people who are part of our community, Jamie, Wang Zi, Jeffrey, Isaac, we lift them all up to you. We lift them up, their lives, and all they have done, and all they, have, they are going to do to you. Because you will use them. You will bless them in the work that they have been called to do. So that your kingdom will manifest on this world. We give thanks for all the people. And this nation that we belong to. As we celebrate and celebrate it the 57th birthday, we pray that we continue to progress as a society that's filled up with diversity, a country that we can grow in deeper love for one another, a place that exemplifies how we can live out a country, a, a nation where we are full of people from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different religions, all living together in harmony, that the world can see how that can happen. So God, continue to bless all of us 
All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We still have one more thing. Um, I just saw James come in earlier. James, will you come up? James is moving to Australia um, very, very, very soon. Uh, James is one of our leaders and I would like to also pray for him. Um, we, have, we have been um, sending people away um, and we are grateful. We are grateful for um, how they have been part of a community, how James has been part of a community, how he has also served um, in church. Um, and we want to pray for you, James. So God, we lift James up to you as he takes his next journey into Australia and finds his future. God, may he always remember FCC will always be home to him. And may he know and hear your voice and your guidance in what is to come. God, we do not know what lies ahead, but we know that you will continue to bless him. And God, go with him. Go wherever he is going. And may he bring your love and your voice to all the people he encounter. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. May I invite you to stand and receive the benediction. When God calls your voice, what do you respond? Will you say, here I am, send me, like the prophet Isaiah? Or will you hesitate and give excuses? Both ways are okay because we are human. But know that God is always going with you. God is always with you. So even when you hesitate, even when you are afraid, even when you think you are not enough, that's okay. Because God is enough. So go and know that you are loved. Know that you are beloved. Go with all the courage and all the faith and knowing even when you lack that courage and you lack that faith, God will be there. Go in love and justice and peace always. In the name of the risen one, the one who saves us, the one who loves us. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Um, have a blessed week ahead.